Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas are socks that are engineered and designed to look better, feel better, perform better. Bombas are purpose-built for athletic performance and designed for extreme leisure. Each section of a Bomba sock has been carefully created and designed to improve on years of sock complacency in the industry. Because you listen to this show, you can save over 20% off on your first order when you go to www.getbombas.com. And also, every time you purchase a pair of socks, Bombas is so kind enough to donate a pair of socks to someone who's in need of socks. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is the World of Row Podcast. And introducing your host, standing at 6'5", weighing 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and crank up your audio level. Whatever it is, dial it in because it's now time for the World of Row podcast. I'm your host. My name is Ro. Roel. Whatever you want to call me. I'm a wonderful husband, a proud father, a delightful brother, a fam- proud family member on Thanksgiving Day. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there. And this is my podcast, and welcome to the show. And this podcast is available to you every single Friday on iTunes, worldofro.com, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. There's a couple of great ways that you can help on my show, and one of those is, of course, writing a review on iTunes. Tell your friends. Share it on social media is the other way. I would really, really appreciate it if you could take the time to write that review on iTunes. It uh, helps my show. It helps, um, you know, get that attention out, and you can spread, spread the word on my amazing podcast by texting your friends, tweeting it out, maybe, uh, you know, sending an email or sharing it through your iPhones. Those are the best phones out there. At least I'm, I'm kind of biased about that. But if you could, I would really, really appreciate that. You can also go to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash world of row. You can donate a couple of bucks to that, to the podcast there. Um, get inside the bonus content, anything like that. Anything that I'm doing with this podcast, you get insight on. So um, please take the time to do so. <clears throat> okay, so guys, um, how are y'all? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm doing this. On a Thursday night, usually I have this done way, way in advance, but it's been a long week, and uh, I've been pretty exhausted, and I'm actually doing this podcast, if you can hear, I am doing this outside in my parents' backyard, yes, I'm, we are in Alice, Texas right now, and um, uh, everyone's inside, and I just said, you know what, i got to knock out this, uh, <clears throat> i got to take care of this, because this podcast is going to drop in about, oh, you know, four hours or so, five, six hours. And I definitely wanted to get this ready and, um, you know, make it as as real as possible or as close to the pin as possible because it is Thanksgiving and I hope that you all have a wonderful time. And yes, I am under the weather. I kind of probably, I probably sound a little funny right now. It seems at night that it tends to kind of spark up and that, <clears throat> that is an actual dog barking. So this is, this is, you know, I'm in my parents' backyard. So many great memories here at home. And I'm staring at the, you know, this backyard where we used to have tons of parties, lots of family get-togethers, playing basketball back here, basketball court right here, a lot of uh, memories growing up, and uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and lots of arguing, and <clears throat> close to fisticuffs over basketball, yes, yes, that's what definitely happens, and um, it's been a nice day, I hope that you all have had a wonderful holiday, and if you are doing some Black Friday shopping, which I don't know why you would want to do that, stay safe, watch it out there, there's some crazy people out there, sometimes those towels aren't worth the stress and hassle, or whatever it is, <clears throat> man, I bet I sound pretty like, um, pretty awesome, my voice is kind of based out and I'm ready to go, no, <laughs> uh, um, it's it, it everything's everything's going okay um you know just uh it was great it was great spending time with family and uh it's always nice it's always nice and thanksgivings are always pretty fun because we all get together we laugh have a couple of drinks although i am not drinking today just because i have been under the weather so but it's it's really cool to come back home and do this and i would have liked to have had <coughs> either my dad or my sister come take part in this but that <coughs> That's that's the real life right there. That's real. That's real right there. Me coughing. No, <laughs> but I wanted to kind of make this short and quick and not too long. But anyway, so uh, this week's guest is Janet Mona. Uh, Janet is a singer. 
She's a songwriter. She is a producer. She is a composer. She is a person who can do just about anything. And um, I wanted to talk to Janet because I found her on Twitter, or we kind of followed each other on Twitter, and I listened to some of her music. And check out her music on SoundCloud. It's really, really good. And she put it all together herself. It's very DIY. I was very inspired by that. And she's hustling. You know, I mean, she yes, she goes, you know, she has other stuff going on, but this is her dream. This is her passion. I really hope that you all can... <coughs> Whoa, I really... Hope that y'all find it inspiring and maybe motivational. And she talks about it quite a bit, you know, growing up in in Nevada and kind of coursing through life and finding what she likes and what she wanted to do and also being, you know, being in from a different, or her family being from a different country and how it's kind of like a, like being pressured into finding something that's a career worthy move. And wow, and I found it to be something where I was just like, "You have a career, but yet you have this. You want it. You're driving it. You're you're in the. You know, you're taking you're taking the time to develop. And I, I think that Janet spent a lot of time doing that. And it kind of put me into perspective with my podcast and this podcasting. And yes, I work. I have a full time job. I do this on you know for. Fu- kind of like a hobby or for fun, but I see it more than just a hobby. I see it as something potentially worth going after. But yeah, this is a great conversation. I think that a lot of us can find something and gain something out of this conversation. Maybe you already have, but you know, I hope that you find it to be an interesting story and, you know, entertaining because it is very entertaining. I mean, every podcast is entertaining, but there's always some sort of different type of connection that I I feel like I established with each guest. And maybe we can con- can connect for an hour or 45 minutes or whatever the conversation is. But it was nonetheless such a great ge- uh, story. She's a great guest. And uh, let's go ahead and hear that conversation now. And I hope you enjoy. I was born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, and wow. then I ended up moving to Santa Barbara. It went. It was Santa Barbara first because I graduated high school. I graduated mm-hmm. a year early, and I was 16 at the time. Wow! Look at this. And er, no, it, hard, <laughs> hardcore achiever here. Huh? <laughs> it sounds like it, but really, I feel like it wasn't that hard. Everybody's like, "Wow, that must have been really tough." I'm like, I didn't feel like it was that difficult, but. <laughs> I graduated and I went out. I knew I wanted to be in Southern California and eventually yeah. L.A., mm-hmm. but I didn't know how close the cities were together. So mm-hmm. and I was really I had just started driving like I just got my license. Right. So I was looking at colleges. I knew there was no other way I was going to be able to move out there. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw UC Santa Barbara and I kind of just applied um, under accounting because the peop- I was tutoring this kid. And his family was, like, pretty well off. And mm-hmm. I asked his dad, I was like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, I'm a CPA, and that's certified public accountant. And I was, like, right. 16, had no idea what I wanted to do at the time. And I was like, cool, that's what I'm going to major in. So <laughs> I just did that. I moved out there, um, ended up not liking Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to eventually be in L.A. So I just moved, uh, took a semester off, moved to L.A., um, mm-hmm. right after my first year at UCSB. Um, and then I've, I was in LA pretty much until, yeah, ever since. Wow. So, mm-hmm. ba- so ba- basically West coast all your life kind of thing. Yeah. Cause Close. I was born and raised in Vegas yeah. and all of our family vacations were to California. It was yeah. like the promised land, like, <laughs> Oh, California. So that was the eventual goal. So, so I, I used to live in, I, I'm in San Antonio, but I've always been in Texas, but I've, um, I knew somebody who was from Las Vegas and he would always talk about the outrageous, uh, light bill he had and the weather. And I just couldn't imagine living in Las Vegas Las Vegas, Las Vegas. <laughs> so, I mean, so what was that like? Was that a, you know, you know what? Um, it's a lot more boring than it sounds first of all, because yeah. I mean, honestly, until you're 21, you can't do anything. Right. Um, the weather is God awful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. not, you know what? Right now it's really nice. Right. Um, 
it can get too cold in the wintertime, which is surprising. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in the summer when it hits like 115, oh, gosh, 116, yeah. that's the most unbearable. Yeah. Um, I actually grew up, Vegas is actually pretty big in yeah, my it opinion. Is. Yeah. Um, but I grew up and I went to an, a like a secondary school or mm -hmm. a it was just an all private school. Right. And so I was pretty sheltered, I want to say, <laughs> growing up in Vegas and I feel like Vegas is a small town and I really really don't I'm outwardly extroverted, but what people don't know is that I'm really introverted on really? my downtime. Yeah, so when I'm like at the gym and I'll see somebody I know or I grew up with, I'll be like, mm -hmm. "No, why is this happening to me?" <laughs> like, why am I seeing you? I, I moved away why? from Vegas for a reason. No. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I It's like Go anytime ahead, I'm I would visit No, you're fine. Anytime mm -hmm. I would visit, it's like my mom wanted to take me um, to the mall and it was like New Year's Eve mm -hmm. and I went with her and I was in a hoodie and I was like trying not to be seen by anybody <laughs> I knew and I ran into like old preschool teachers and just crazy stuff and I'm like what why and this is and, it, and this is in California this is in Vegas oh in Vegas okay I'm, okay when I'm you're pretty kid. back and forth yeah yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from because, I, like, I, I grew up in a very, very small town, and I would I would see people, like, all the time, whether from, like, elementary to high school, and I would go to the grocery store, and, I mean, granted, I don't live in that city anymore, but when I go back, I'm like, okay, am I going to see anybody I know when I go to the store? Yeah. Never happens anymore, which is weird because now, <laughs> I mean, I well, I graduated, I mean, I graduated high school, feels like. That's my daughter having fun. So um, uh, <laughs> that was like a, a good 15 years ago already. So when I go back home, I don't see anybody I know, which is kind of weird. Going where it used to be like I used to open up a yearbook kind of thing when I would go to, to a supermarket or something. Yeah, same. Yeah, so I, I've been to Vegas a few times. So I do know how the summers are. And you know what's crazy is I think one time when I was leaving, we had a red-eye flight. And it was... I guess like a cold front had come through or something, but it was so cold in the morning. It was like maybe 50 degrees or 60 degrees, and it was weather I wasn't expecting because usually in Vegas it's super humid. and I mean, well, not mm -hmm. humid, but just that dry humidity, and it's so hot yeah. and everything. It was just like, ugh. But yeah, I couldn't imagine living there, but like you said, it's probably really boring for somebody who's under the age of 21, but when you get to that age, it's... Like, okay, I can go over there. I can go to the Strip at my beck yeah, and call, you, you know? You know what, though? Even then, the Strip, to me, it was always the place we would take family when they came to visit. Right. You know, like, oh, look at how cool our city is. But other like, than that, I I was over it. Like, yeah. I still, to this day, have... I've gone to a club in mm. L.A., but mm -hmm. I've never gone to one on the Strip. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that. Like, I'm just, like, over the Strip, and I never even... And it's overpriced, because it's oh, yeah. priced for tourists right so for me i'm like screw that i can yeah. turn up for a lot cheaper at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so i mean it, it was um it's it, it's interesting i guess for from somebody as an outsider when they go over there just like in shock because it's always it's 24 7 just popping kind of thing mm -hmm. over there but i mean growing up there i like i i just i'm just like oh, i don't know i don't think anybody could enjoy this it's not. It wasn't fun growing up. Mm. Now that as an adult, it's a lot more enticing. Of course. And, but growing up, it's it wasn't the worst, but yeah. it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you were growing up there, was that where you kind of found this um, this plan or like this thing with with music? I mean, because you, I've listened to some of your music. Great voice. You have an amazing voice. Thank you. You're I don't, welcome. I'm, don't agree all the time. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I, I get it. You got to be overly critical of yourself. But it's yeah. it's really good, really amazing music, amazing voice, very beautiful voice. Did it start when you were a kid? You know what? So I don't really consider anybody else in my family musical. Um, mm. My dad can hold a note, and he's not tone deaf. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it came down that way. Mm -hmm. um, but... It really started as a kid. I was in choir at my mm -hmm. private school. You had to kind of pick like an elective, so I always picked choir. Okay. Um, and I liked singing, but I was super shy, and there was no way you could pay me to like sing a solo in front of a crowd of people. There was no way. Right. Um, <laughs> and then I had um, my mom enrolled me. My choir teacher taught piano lessons on the side, so I started taking piano lessons from him. 
And then um, on top of that, I was in his choir class mm-hmm. for an hour after school every day. And I remember um, we were doing The Sound of Music and um, there was like a solo in there. And he pointed me out and was like, you need to try out for this solo. And he was kind of like, he was a super sweet man, but he right. was outwardly really grumpy. Like <laughs> scary, like the scariest person in the world, especially to me. And I think at the time I was in the third grade when so, this happened was he being like very pushy i guess he was being pushy in a sense but he was like in try- encouraging me because i was super shy there was no way i would like go out for the solo so right. he was kind of like you have to try out for this and i was terrified so i was like okay like i didn't want him to go to my mom later and be like she was horrible in class or something like that so yeah i stood up i tried out for the solo and he ended up giving it to me wow. and i remember i was like oh crap like now i have to sing in front of <laughs> <laughs> crowd of people <laughs> but it was for the first it was that was like the first time i want to say i was seven or eight um because i was like a year younger than my peers he pointed out to me he's like hey you you have a voice you should sing and yeah. then ever since then i kind of i saw music differently um yeah. just from being in class and i saw i got to learn a lot of theory so i had yeah. like this bigger understanding of it and mm. i feel like a bigger better appreciation for it yeah um but it wasn't a lot of people come from like musical families and that didn't happen to me at all. It was just, <laughs> I'm like the black sheep of my family in that way. <laughs> but yeah, it really came from like choir teachers. Wow. And, yeah. So, yeah. And so did that get you into like listening to all other types of music? Um, what happened was growing up, you know what? I want to say I don't listen to a lot of country. I could, I could vibe with country, but I don't listen to it actively. Sure. Um, I grew up listening in Vegas, these stations, 98.5 and 97.5, and they're mainly R&B and hip-hop. And so yeah, I yeah. listen to a lot of R&B and hip-hop, but then and that, I also You can hear love, it in your music, yeah. yeah. I also, on the flip side, though, I love, like, Britney Spears and, like, stuff that people are like, what the heck are you listening to? And I'm like, this is my jam. This is pop music is at the core of my, like, soul. So, um I kind of grew up, I was super, I'm not an only child, but I have okay. a younger brother and we're yeah. 14 months apart and he has autism. Oh, so okay. our family kind of, I feel like I was a pretty independent child just because my parents were, and I don't blame them, so preoccupied because right. they're like, they didn't know what to do. And so every car ride I took with my parents to go somewhere with them. Um, for my brother, um, every time I was like alone by myself in my room, you know, I, I wasn't like kids nowadays. They have like an iPhone at age four. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they're just preoccupied. I just had my boom box and it plugged into the wall outlet and I would use the tuner and I'd just listen to the radio. And so I kind of, I had so much time independently by myself that I just used music as my outlet for everything. So I remember I listened to a lot of Eminem, <laughs> which is totally not me. It's like people look at me and they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, I listened to a lot of Eminem, Nelly, um, Usher, which is really funny. But at the on the flip side, I'm a big pop music fan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so listen. So these are, I'm guessing you, this was like around 2000 or so because the, the people that you're mentioning kind of, gained a lot of popularity around that time yeah early 2000s was kind of when i started um that was when i found music i would say because i was trying to i would just drown myself out in music any way i could yeah um even just listening to it on a good pair of headphones at night it was like i'd like look through my blinds and i'd lay down and i'd (laughs) listen to music all night and that was just everything and it just it has it's like first of all it's a universal language it just brings people together so yeah i just kind of used it um early 2000s especially because that's when internet started to creep up so i remember internet downloading and everything yeah Mm-hmm. And then I had like dial up AOL and they had radio stations in there <laughs> and I could just click on any genre and I was like, this is so cool. So yeah, early 2000s. Well, you know, what what you said, the, the, lang- the language, uh, like a, when you refer to music as like a language, that, that's, that's an amazing, uh, amazing thing to say because I used to always feel that way. Like when I, when I would say, when I would say that, I would say something to the sense like, well, you can, cause I worked at a music store and I would always say, well, you can judge a person by what they're listening to and what kind of, you know, this and that or whatever. But it, I always saw it that way because I got into music 
at an early age because my dad liked a lot of like you know he grew up in the the 60s and 70s so i liked a lot of that stuff and he got me into a lot of that stuff and then you know it branched off into like 90s music because i grew up in the 90s and you know just things like that and then you go back and you listen to it like oh well, that's what that song meant or whatever but it's just it's more than just a beat or a good tune because there's always something right the singer or the artist is trying to get something across when they're when they're making their music yeah i agree and it brings you back i think i mean some people like just have a crappy memory but for the most part <laughs> you remember like lyrics to songs from long ago so i feel like um, it can take you back to moments of your life. And right. I feel like music is kind of, it helps with, I would say, like the movie of our lives. Like we yeah. see our own lives as a movie being played out to us. And I feel like music is a good checkpoint for little parts and pieces of our life. And yeah. we associate different songs with different time periods. And mm -hmm. it's, I, it's, it's really is like the only thing I could ever see myself really putting my all into just because oh. it means so much to me yeah so then so so after when you got out of high school i, I know we're gonna I'm, we're kind of going back and forth but that's okay sorry i go uh, off no, on tangents. no you know <laughs> and it's okay i love it i'm glad that you're just you're you're doing great i'm just saying because we can go back and <laughs> forth you. and we can jump all over the place but <laughs> um so after high school you went to california you went to go be a cpa yeah i guess you realized how or are you still a c did you finish oh, that or what happened see the this is where <laughs> I'm not okay. So I grew up. Um, I'm Persian, and my dad is. Oh. Both my parents are. I'm first generation American, so yeah. my parents immigrated here. Wow. Um, and that's cool. I thank you, yeah. and I know fluent Farsi too because of it. And but that's the thing is they're so different. So mm -hmm. like they've always instilled this fear of God in me. Like <laughs> if you do not go to college, you are screwed forever. <laughs> like you have to like pick something. They're like be practical. What is this music? What is this? And my dad is like recording artist. What is this? So I like had this fear of God in me that was like I know and I knew that music, I truly, I might sound like a crazy person, but I'm like, you're going to see me. I'll win a Grammy one day. But like, and I sound like a crazy babbling person no. to most people. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like, um, at the end, I, I know to me that that might be the truth, mm -hmm. but on the outside, I'm like, okay, girl, you have to like fend for yourself. You can't right. just like be a star. I mean, being a starving artist sounds fun and it, I've done it and it's been awesome. Like I remember I was living in downtown LA and like, all I could afford in downtown LA was like, like in the really shady areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but I loved it. And it's mm -hmm. like, it was, it was fun. And I recorded a lot of stuff there and I got my first like professional gig there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it was a lot of fun, but eventually you think about it, you're like, okay, I'm going to enter my early twenties. I have to get my stuff together. Like you can, you can say language just. Oh, okay. I, Good yeah. to know. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I have to figure my life out. So I was like, okay, I got to keep this, um, I got to keep this backup plan. So I stuck with accounting and my parents were both engineers. Mm -hmm. So I really good at math. Um, and I also <laughs> think math helps with music. No, it definitely most, does. It, I mean, I can read sheet music and stuff like that. So that, I feel like it plays a big part of, cause notes are in like, you have quarters and whole notes and you, just reading sheet music is very mathematical, I mm -hmm. think. But um, I graduated. I have my bachelor's degree in accounting. Mm -hmm. So I did. I felt I went through with it, um, followed through with it. Um, I am studying for the CPA still. And wow, I'm yeah. an accountant now. So that's like my day job. I'm, right. like, I'm an accountant by day, <laughs> a singer by night. But um, <laughs> I got it's like you have to do. I mean, just to be practical and smart, like right. if, if anything, because listen, there is anything can happen and also uh, things in your life might not turn out the way you wanted them to fully. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. and fame isn't everything. I feel like you don't need fame to fulfill certain goals in life. Right. Yeah. But if like, I want to be an example and I do eventually want kids one day. So I like want to, and I have a little sister, so I want to be an example and be like, listen, you can have any crazy dream in the world, but like, remember you're a human and you live in America and capitalism exists and you yes. have to get a job and you yes. have to i mean or you could totally be a hobo and that's cool too i guess but <laughs> it's not practical well i mean i what that's awesome though i mean you're 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 going for what you want i mean you're you sound very talented and, and 
and educated. So I mean, that's awesome that you're that you're just going after it and you're not just settling. I mean, and I think that that's the true the truth meaning behind it because a lot of people don't see the hustle. You know, the it's all about. Somebody once told me that it's not it's not about. I mean, people can refer to it as like a race or a marathon thing, but somebody once told me it's, it's like okay, you have a goal in your sights. It's about the journey getting there, the steps you're taking, and you re, you can when you go back and I, I man, I, I'm getting the older I'm getting the words I can't put them together anymore. It's so weird. Like it's about the journey, not the destiny. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. when you go back and recollect, you can see like oh, I remember that. It's kind of like like a song or a point in time. Like there's anyway, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like, and you know what? That's why I enjoy. I used to be so impatient. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I was in LA, I at one point was working like sh- I guess they call it like shopping labels. Yeah. And I thought that was everything. I thought you needed the huge record label. And yeah. I remember an A and R rep told my mm-hmm. manager at the time, yeah. um, like you don't understand the industry is dying. Like, and it's because of like piracy and stuff like that. So they're like, you need this much bigger following. And at the time, I didn't have that big of a following. This was, I really started, I would say, on the internet, like, on the internet, like, mm-hmm. going as a solo artist in 2010. Okay. And it was around 2010, 2011, and he's like, listen, people are just downloading, like, crazy, like, pirating music. Mm-hmm. This is, nobody's getting signed like they used to anymore. Right. And I remember I used to think, like, oh, this sucks, like, why is this happening to me? And I, I was so impatient, and then now that I've gotten older, I'm 23 now, so I'm like okay, the process is meant to be slow because if you just achieved everything right away, there would be nothing. I mean, there's the, always something to strive for, but you're kind of like pigeonholed in a sense. Right. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a good point, being pigeonholed. And if you get something right away, there, there's no... Uh, there's not much to savor in that. And you're just kind of like, okay, I'm, I need to do something else. But... I think it's it's good to to I think your story is great so far because you're talking about how when you first started out it was you're living in a shady apartment and you were just trying to afford, you were you know affording what you wanted to do you know yeah just so that way you can do what you want to do but I mean it oh wow anyway <laughs> it's like eventually it gets old and yeah, then I yeah. My, my mom was like when my mom came to visit me mm-hmm. she's like oh my god put a couch in front of your door like what are you doing living yeah. here and i was like this is fun for me yeah <laughs> it's it's like, like you, you people struggle it was like you think einstein einstein was doing something or this person was out there. i mean they were i don't know anyway yeah yeah go ahead i'm sorry no you're fine i yeah. jump around so no much. no i'm enjoying this go ahead go <laughs> ahead i cut you off right now sorry no you're fine but i I honestly, too, in the past like six years, every time Elise was up, yeah. um, other than moving from Santa Barbara to L.A., I would just I've been hopping, hopping around L.A. just because mm-hmm. L.A. is so huge. Yeah, it is. So huge. there's so many facets to it that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a lot of people. I mean, actually, I wanted I was going to say a lot of people don't know this, but I think the whole country knows California is really expensive. Yes. Like, yes, like I know. Expensive. Yes. Like, I couldn't, I was living, even, I got a job as an accountant after, and I was living paycheck to paycheck, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> like I know I was right out of college, but I was like, this is not normal for such a tiny, I was renting a studio apartment at one time, and it was just the tiniest, I felt like so, like, like cramped, and it yeah. was dark, and ugh, I can't. So was it a studio apartment, is it like a, like an efficiency apartment? kind of thing pretty much pretty much a studio apartment's like but see i was so young at the time i was like seven i think i was eight no i was newly 18 when i got the studio and you were on your own so you were like super so i based this is the shadiest thing ever but i basically went on craigslist and i was like looking up guest room for rent and mm-hmm. i was like because i was that desperate i was like i'm not moving back to las vegas yeah so i found like a studio guest room and it was like somebody's converted garage and I, that's like, cause at the time I didn't have credit, so I right. couldn't even rent an apartment. So I rented like, that was honestly, mm-hmm. it was because it, it wasn't like up to code or whatever, like a right. city code because yeah. it was somebody's converted garage. 
So, like, literally, I would take a shower, and it was so humid, there would be mold on the walls. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, and my mom, like, she's like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this to yourself? But you know what? I feel like I would, I, I, there was this quote that was like, life begins at the outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I would purposely push myself to do things that I even thought were kind of shady just to kind of. Because I feel I was like I need to struggle in life, so I yeah. would force the struggle on myself. Wow, well, but that, <laughs> on but, myself. But that made you a better person, I'm sure. Yeah, it definitely did. Wow. Looking back, especially. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So 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 what what when did you start you know putting together music and you know everything like that? When did that start? Was that you said 2010, right? Yeah. Well, 2010, I started my YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. I got like I think I. Uh, there were my covers would reach like a few thousand views, and then the ones that really hit it big was like one of I did a cover of Miley Cyrus's "Wrecking Ball" mm-hmm. that got like a hundred and something thousand views. Wow! And looking back, I'm like, you know why though? I feel like a big portion of it was I was I'm really smart with you have to really think of the business side on top of as much I love music, but there is a business side to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I really, I loved this song, but Mm -hmm. it had just come out. And I was like, my voice might not be strong on this, but it just came out. I need to be like the first person to put a cover out there. Yeah. And then Miley Cyrus, I think the night after I posted it on YouTube, like went to the VMAs and was with, it was the performance of Blurred Lines with Robin Thicke. Yeah, yeah. And that just, everyone was like, holy crap. Like, and it blew up. And I think that helped a lot, but. I started YouTube doing covers only and mm-hmm. like, and I would do them acapella in 2010. And then it was my first year at school. I joined mm-hmm. my acapella group at the college. Um, so I did like the whole like pitch perfect yeah. thing for a while. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, um, I recorded a demo in like my, the, for the first time, like in a studio studio, um, the following summer. So I think this summer of 2011, and um, I recorded four songs, which are all on my YouTube. So mm-hmm. there, I think there's like Toxic, Somebody to Love by Justin Bieber. I was like 17, 18 at the time. Well, yeah, um, your, your Wrecking Ball, it ha- I'm, I'm looking it up right now, 146,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which, to be honest, I'm, you know what? Maybe I sound masochistic. And I get no, 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 like, no, 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 <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. People are like always like telling me, they're like, you have to own it. Like, own yeah, it. Yeah, own try. that. But I'm so, at the same time, I don't want to come off as this person that's like, yeah, I'm so awesome. So, like, a, like douchey, you know? Yeah, I yeah like douchey. I'm not that person. <laughs> I want, like, <laughs> I, I'm like this double-edged sword. It doesn't make sense. It's like she wants to be, like, a singer. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody, like, at the same time. So, yeah. like, um, I, don't, I don't even think, I didn't add, like, an, I was really crappy with, my youtube videos at the time so i didn't like even add the backing track or anything into yeah. it i don't think it was even loud enough but it got a lot of views and i was like okay <laughs> I <can take laughs> so then i'm assuming it's very diy with you you're doing all your recordings by yourself kind of thing yeah my my first demo which is the tracks are on youtube mm-hmm. but uh, they that was in a real studio with someone else and mm-hmm. like paid studio time but mm-hmm. I didn't want to keep relying because I was going through school and Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep up more than a part-time job. So I didn't want to keep paying astronomical amounts for studio time. And like, you never know how long I've been doing this since 2010 and like it's 2016 now. So it's Mm -hmm. a huge, it's a long process. Right. So I was like, okay, I got to learn how to do this myself. And I, what I think a lot of people don't know is there's an artist named Tinashe. Tinashe? No, never heard, never heard of her. Okay. She sang like two on and she's see she's she's up and coming too mm-hmm. but she has like a deal and she did had like a song with Chris Brown and stuff so she's like on a I would say like she's advanced more than I have yeah and she started out um she had like she she was like ha- courting record labels kind of mm-hmm. like I was mm-hmm. and then when that fell through she's like screw it I'm gonna be independent mm-hmm. so she like learned how to have her own home studio. And I would watch her on YouTube and she would kind of not teach you, but I just kind of like took notes from her. Right. And I started learning. I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to mix and master at home, which is why I feel like sometimes like I'm 
doing every process of my music now, except for production of the beat, like 99.9% of the time. So, and I can produce the beat, but I'm like so shitty at it compared to other people. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go with like somebody that knows what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, I feel like it's also so important to be so involved, even if it's early on. I think working with other people is great if you, your label can afford it. But um, I think it's really important because it teaches you the process. But um, I feel like that's why a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff I have on YouTube, I'm still learning my sound or like learning how to just mix in general. So I'll listen back and I'm like, oh, this isn't like the greatest, but I, I'll upload it anyway, just because I feel like it shows my progress. And like, you can't just sit on something forever. I read this in like a music blog somewhere, but you can't just sit on a project forever until it becomes perfect because chances are it's not. Right. And so you should really, it's like eventually you have to let them go. Like, so I'll release the song and then you learn from anything you make note of in your head. I never get a lot of hate from people, just being honest, thankfully. Yeah, I've never, well, that's good. I've never, like, I've gotten some negative or hate comments, I guess they're called, here and there, but not they don't really affect me, and then I don't really get many of them. So, for me, it's not, it's like, I, I, I guess it's just more of like a I'm in my head kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I, like, I don't know. Like, I won't think it's 100% good, but I'll release it anyway because I think it's just important to let it go. Learn when to let it go and, like, start on something new. Yeah. So, um, that makes sense. Uh, so, music-wise, musically, how many songs? Because I, I saw, I would listen to at least, I think, maybe five or six on you on a SoundCloud today just because I wanted to hear some of your stuff. So, mm-hmm. do, so the writing process, you're doing all that. That's all you, yes? That is all me. Everything wow. on SoundCloud is 100% written by me. So um, I feel like like I listened back to – I have a song called Tell, Tell Me Lies, and I listened back yeah. to it, and I think I uploaded the wrong track. So like part of it is cut out or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like, really, Janet? Good job. So <laughs> I make like that's one problem of being the only editor or like yeah. the only I – or ear that listens to your music but um all of the writing is me um i get the beats from a few producers that i work for because i release everything not for profit which is basically what it means is like it's on soundcloud and i put the download link Mm. and i'm not making any money off it yeah um i've had some gigs that were paid but like as far as releasing the music i don't sell it gotcha yeah 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 i'm planning the next one to be available i on like itunes and spotify yeah yeah, that would be good yeah, so I'm really working hard on it. But my first project, I was like, okay, I had been sitting on the songs for like two years. Basically, I wrote a bunch. I mm-hmm. wrote a bunch of songs. And then I'd record kind of half of it to kind of get like a verse and a chorus. And then I would sit on it. And like a month later, I'd listen to my list of songs and anything. I was like, oh, God, this is horrible. I just scrap. <laughs> um, so like, I'm like, nope, not ever doing that again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We're our biggest critic. I get it. You are your yeah. own. Yeah. So I released kind of like the 14 that were, I was like, okay, lyrically, at least they're good. Okay. I could, I could dig these. So I released those one by one. Um, I just was like, I was waiting, man. And mm-hmm. then I was like, they're never going to be what you want them to be fully. And you're still learning. So mm-hmm. let them go. Like you're not as horrible as you think you are. Right. Um, so I released those 14 on SoundCloud. Um, and then I have the lyrics and everything on my site, which is JanetMona.com too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and you can download them from there too. But um, I pretty much, I originally was only doing covers, and then I eventually I learned I was like I need to know every piece of the process. So now I fully write everything. I mix my voice on the tracks, and I'm the one I'm mixing and mastering it. So really, I'm taking like I'm using the beat, and then I uh, I'm using the beat, and then I the rest of the process I do and I write every lyric too which is good wow that's awesome so so you're like your 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 own promoter your Mm -hmm. own editor your own songwriter your own producer so you're you're very much DIY I'm very much DIY and you know what I feel like that's awesome though because at the end of the day you're like like fuck yeah this is awesome yeah and it's you don't have to rely on I mean really the whole process is silly if you think about it like somebody trying to be famous and go to a record label and they're like, you're going to pay me tons of money to be awesome and sing. And it's like, that's not, it doesn't, it's the process is silly. It's like, and it's kind of sad. It's like, you should know how to write your own lyrics. I really strongly believe in that. It doesn't make sense to me 
I mean, I get it, but like somebody that has a good voice but probably is horrible at writing music, but I feel like it's not to be like a true artist. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I would totally write with other people, but right. to have a song handed to you and then you sing it and you're like in an interview and you're like, well, I didn't write the song, but <laughs> um, it's really rad. Like that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it's really important to learn about like at least on the back end so that like, let's say one day I'm with a major label and yeah, they provide me all the resources. At right. least I'm not dumb. Like I know yeah. what I'm, doing and i know what's going on and what's involved yeah i think you know from a from a from someone who digs music and who loves music i i always like to say well you know what somebody would tell me oh well so and so is better than what you listen to i'm like yeah well at least they write their own music and they're doing this and they're creatively expressing themselves in their own way and they're not being told by the machine what they need to do yeah exactly and you know what like i remember when i was dealing with these labels um and I won't name them because I never, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're what good. if one day they sign me and I'm like, oops, just kidding. So, <laughs> like I did so, a podcast a long time ago. Podcast, <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, they want, and I, I totally get it from the business side, like the pop star image and I love pop, but I think some of it is so fake and yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm that person. Like I can't, some of the songs on the radio, I'm just like, are they like okay singing that? Like I'm like that is it's just lyrically I'm like this is not lyrical genius. This is the dumbest thing I've heard ever. Right, yeah. And I'm like and it, it's just like a formula for a pop song that they're just trying to plug everyone into. Right. And I I get it, but I'm like I really love like artists. Like I really look up to this artist um Banks and she's she pretty much does a lot of the process herself too. I really look up to artists that do the, a lot of the process themselves and they write their own music and they know what they're doing because it just shows me, okay, they really care about it and they're not going after something for vanity. Yeah. And so when you did your, so you've done gigs, you said, so how many gigs have you done? Oh, as far as gigs, gigs go, I haven't, I've done live for, I was in an acapella group. So mm-hmm. most of my gigs were all like acapella nerdy. Okay. <laughs> things like i'm sorry i call them nerdy i hope i don't offend anyone no never i feel like i mean i love acapella but it's a little nerdy so um, no anna kendrick made it hot so you're okay yeah oh that's true okay (laughs) so we're okay so um i did a lot of that and then um i had a gig um but by gig i mean like i got paid and i was like oh my first like paid thing and i got paid to like sing a parody song for somebody's YouTube video. And, and I, and then looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? They didn't mix it good. This is horrible. But I got paid and I was desperate at the time. And I was like, I need food and I need to pay for my rent. So I did it. So you sold um, out. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I sold out. No, but, um, I want to, then I, people started reaching out to me after I released my originals to do, full on like uh sets in mm-hmm. LA and yeah. I'm trying to plan those for hopefully 2017 really mm-hmm. hard yeah. but I couldn't it was so last minute when they they reached out to me via email and I was like holy crap this is really last minute like I can't I'm so DIY that the downside to that is I don't have like the machine providing me a band right. or all the fancy stuff so I was like I don't have anything <laughs> do you want me to just get up there with my phone and sing like I don't have anything I have my instrumentals that's about it so it was too last minute and then at the same time I'm also I'm an accountant so I mean I, I listen I love my job but like I want to eventually do music full-time so yeah, yeah. like you mean you, um, you mean you like doing C- CPA stuff like crunching numbers and everything? I love crunching numbers like <laughs> so much more than me. No, no. <laughs> I and you know what? I have like this. There's this guy I work with, and sure. he's uh, he has grandkids, so he's way he's much older than me. And he said he's like, well, nobody wants to do accounting, right? Like nobody like we may be like seem like nerds and like over. No, nobody wants to do it. It's just that if. We ha- it pays we can well do and it, it gets you the and bill, it yeah. pays well. Yeah. Then it's like, and our brain, our brains calculate like what we need to know. Then <coughs> we do it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I was just kidding. I mean, I, I know that it's. Uh, <laughs> I, w- I hope I didn't. You know. You know, pen, what man, what is wrong with me? I'm so sorry. <laughs> my, my words are just flabbergasted. But I mean, I'm not trying to. 
hit a nerve there or anything, you know, just No, no. Yeah. I like I like my job, but at the end of the day, I will leave it when yeah. <laughs> I'm a singer. I'm sorry. No, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you're in Santa Barbara now or you're in LA? No, I I consider myself to be in between LA and Vegas. I was in LA full time mm-hmm. and then I got a better job out in Vegas and it's yeah. only a four hour drive. So ah, I was like, okay. so you yeah. are in Vegas right now. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. So I that was by because you know what? I was in LA for six years mm-hmm. full time and then I worked remotely for a while for my firm. Yeah. And then um I got a way better job out here and yeah. I was like, on top of that I can qualify to buy a house here and nice. like, do that. So I'm trying to like I guess I don't know what the figure of speech is, like close the gap and like make myself a full adult like yeah. I, I saw this girl at the gym and she's like you're adulting i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm adulting like i'm an adult now so and i'm like in the process of buying a house sweet um, that's awesome you yeah. can make your own little studio in there too that's what i'm aiming for i mean every place i've lived in that i rented i made my own studio but i was like tired of moving and i was like hey i qualify to buy so i'm i it's a the ones I'm looking at are multiple bedrooms, obviously. So definitely sure. one of them will be a studio and the other will be my dog's rooms. Oh, gotcha. How many dogs do you have? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I have two. Okay. Um, but I'm really obsessed with them and it's a problem. Wow. So you're, and your folks still live in Vegas as well, right? They do. My uh. parents still live because they're from Iran and yeah. then my dad came, uh, moved to Albuquerque mm-hmm. and then from Albuquerque, he like got a job, uh, in Vegas, wow, so yeah. there's yeah. not there's not a whole lot going on in New Mexico either. That's a, a interesting place. Yeah, he I haven't heard much about it. It's mm-hmm. just, he went to high school there and yeah. he graduated from college there. Yeah, and then he moved to Vegas and yeah. he's like, I love it out here. There's no no state income tax, uh, and he's right. There's no state income tax, but. Um, yeah, so my family, and thank goodness, because I feel like I'm so close to L.A. Yeah. Um, so, like, whenever there's, like, I, I like, I wanted to, or I was originally going to make trips just to go to Millennium, because mm-hmm. that's the dance studio I go to. Sure. And then, um, they're, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but they're building a Millennium in Vegas. So, <laughs> and I know that, and I'm like, oh, crap, yes, like, this is so perfect. Like, I don't have to commute, like, four hours and make a whole trip weekend trip out of it anymore. Oh. But... Um, yeah, so I'm, but I consider myself in between because I feel like I, anything music related I do in LA Yeah. and then, and like all my friends are in LA still. Um, and then anything, I mean, I'm an accountant in like Vegas. Have you ever seen anybody that you went to high school with in LA when you were living out there? Um, Has that ever happened? I'm just curious because... I freak out when I see some people that I went to high school with here in, in San Antonio, and it's only two hours from where I'm fr- from where I'm from. Uh huh. But it's just like, oh man, really? You you migrated over here? No, I oh, mean, oh crap! Wait, <laughs> no, I did, I did. I saw a girl I went to I think middle school with in mm-hmm. L.A. Yeah. And we actually ended up hanging out, and I, it was the most awkward thing ever. I mean, like hanging out in the mall. Like it wasn't like hanging yeah. out, hanging out, and it was just the weirdest thing ever. And I. I was like, why is anybody from Vegas here? Like, nobody else is allowed to come to L.A. No one. I was was like, no one can come here. This is my territory. I don't know anyone here. This is great. I'm anonymous. Um, But I did see, I think, like, one person. And then, oh, no. I know. There were a few other people who actually went to Southern California. But luckily, they didn't go to my school. So I was, and L.A. is so big that I was like, okay, I don't have to see you. We're, we're all good. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I've, I've been to L.A. I, actually, I went to L.A. for the first time earlier this, uh, back in July. It was a interesting uh, place to be. And, I mean, it's beautiful. And, yes, you are 100% right. It is very, very expensive over there. But yeah. to go visit was just, it was amazing because you, you see it on TV and you don't really, you know, like, I've never been there. It's not whatever. But then when I went there, I was just like, holy shit, this is really LA. This is what's going on. And you're like, okay, well, we're, I told my, my wife because I wanted to go see uh, Mark Marin do like a podcast festival in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Anaheim. And she's like, well, how far is Anaheim from LA? I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's in LA. Never mind. It's like... <laughs> 
Yeah. LA's just it so big. It's so big, it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm like, okay, I could drive, like, one side of L.A. to the other side of L.A. And, like, I feel like three hours. Like, I considered, like, Torrance area. There's, like, so many different little cities. They're all part of L.A. So, like, I was, it was, like, its own little country to me. And I was, like, I had to use GPS every day. And I cannot (laughs) tell you how many car accidents I got in. How many times my car was towed. <laughs> but now I'm like the crazy driver in Vegas. So, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's because you're from California." Now. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, because it's like do or die there." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. LA drivers are crazy. That's all I have to say. They're very yeah. crazy. But I mean, do people? Well, in Vegas, I mean, at least what I remember, they didn't drive too too bad. But they were a little different from what I was used to. So you have. I feel like people in Vegas are slow. Like, can we move? <laughs> along like they're really they they i'll be like i don't know if it's because i'm from like la i can i was born and raised in vegas but i spent from the like my formative years in la so i feel like i mean i was like yeah i'm like a scholar i spent my formative years like from 16 to like that's what i get for being super see i feel like because i'm persian Uh it's like i have this side of me that my parents are like are you studying for your cpa and i'm like yes and I have, like, put my nerdy little glasses on. I'm like, yes, I am. That's funny. Um, but then I'm a singer, and my dad, I, I accidentally had emailed him in my email signature. Mm-hmm. I have two separate ones. The one's, yeah. like, um, yeah, from my mail. main email. And yeah. it's like, oh, I'm either an accountant or this is my record or a Janet Mona recording yeah. artist. Yeah. And um, I accidentally sent him the other signature, and my yeah. dad is like, hold the phone. He's <laughs> like, text me. He calls me. He's like, what is this recording artist business? <laughs> And even at the time, I was like, Dad, I got paid for this a little. He was like, like, I got paid to sing a crappy song. He's like, I don't care. Like, you need to be a doctor. I was like, joke's on you because I'm going to be an accountant. Like, that's not happening. Uh, that's, but, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, look, I don't mean I just I like the way you you'd go and do the accent. That's hilarious. Everybody I meet is like, I love your accent when you're doing your parents. And yeah. my my dad one time, he was like, Oh, you, he was, he actually took it to heart and I felt bad. I was like, dad, like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, people like us are so, at least we are, we got a better GPA than you. Like you are so lazy, you Americans and you make fun of my accent, but, and you know what? It's not, it's just, that's like the normal Persian accent. Like I'll see somebody, oh, I saw my mom's friend at the gym and they're like, Jeanette. And I, (laughs) and I'm like, okay. No, you know, and it's it's no, I I I just like I mean, yes, most Americans are lazy. I would I would attest to that. <laughs> we are very lazy people, but I mean, I'm Hispanic, and in and, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: I get mistaken for. I mean, you've seen my my picture. I get mistaken for for Arab and all yeah, kinds of everything italian i had somebody once tell me that i looked italian i'm like i am not italian i'm mexican-american <laughs> hispanic you know whatever and like well you look arab or you look lebanese or you look this and that and it's just like who gives a crap what i am you know i'm i i'm from here we're cool whatever you know but i and i guess what i'm trying to get at is is that does this happen to you frequently where people kind of like where well, what are you where are you from kind of thing or yes all the time and another thing so a lot of people will guess because of the lovely kardashians they'll yeah. guess that i'm armenian and right. i'm not so i'm like i'm like i'm iranian i'm persian i'm mm-hmm. like the according to some people like the antichrist like yeah it's, it's so stupid <laughs> like, though you know i know and <laughs> i make i make light there's this stand-up comedian his name is maz jobrani mm-hmm. his special is on netflix and he's persian yeah and i'm not being paid for this i swear so <laughs> <laughs> he's like he is so funny and he makes such light of it and persians were really laid-back people and a lot of people don't know that like mm-hmm. um arabs are more fiery and um persians were just really laid back so like we'll make fun of like when they say we're terrorists were like uh i saw like this youtube video of a bunch of persians and they were just like dancing around like a fire and they're like oh so terrorizing so (laughs) um a lot of people are like yeah where are you from and then i tell them i'm not armenian Mm -hmm. thanks to kim kardashian who like i feel like i they're really pretty i like the kardashians and they're great at what they do and they're great businesswomen i can't say that they have a real talent but they're good at what they do right um I but think I, I like think their fame kind of stems from their dad a little bit, just because he was OJ's yeah. best friend. 
Yeah, honestly, it does. And it's like they, I think they grew up in LA and it's like, okay, uh, you just got inducted into fame. Like, that's easy. But um, there's no, and I get why, but there's no like Persian um, singers or anything like that. So I'm like, I need, I want to be that first Persian singer. But I was telling like my sister, I was like, I can't say I'm Iranian at first (laughs) because that'll scare people. (laughs) I have to be like Persian. I'm like a cat. I'm soft. I'm like a Persian rug. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not threatening at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen You Don't Mess With the Zohan by chance? No, but I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's they, they're kind of going back and forth like this because Adam Sandler, I mean, he's a very proud Jewish man. Yeah. But he, uh, the, the, you know, like, Israel, is, like with Israel, and I forgot the other, I think it is, I don't know if it's Persians. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember. It's been such a long oh. time. What's that? Israel and Palestine. There you go. I think it's Israel yep. and Palestine. Yeah. So, yep. so they're they're going back and forth, and people are always um, making. And he he's I mean he's a comedian, so he makes a lot of like some jokes about flying, you know, no flying and things, all this other stuff, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting. But I, I mean, I was just curious, just because the the world that we're in now, especially now. <laughs> Yeah. Post election, it's a it's a very interesting place, and actually, it's a oh lord, a very intimidating yeah, place. Even, I you know. know what? Yeah. I still have my. This sounds so bad, and maybe too paranoid, but my I have an aunt who's still in Iran, uh-huh. and she's trying. I mean, she's the last of my mom's siblings yeah. to want to get her visa and come over here. Right. And my family, um, they've been like waiting. I mean, the process is horrible to get like a visa to come to the u.s it takes like it took one of my aunts 10 years so um she's the last one and then the election happened and i was like oh crap like (laughs) here we go Uh and then we're like she's gonna be stuck there (laughs) trump is gonna ruin us all like (laughs) honestly and i woke up that night and i checked the election results and i was like is this real life i really did not think that was gonna happen like i was like there's no way yeah. That this is real, but it's real. So yeah, I guess. It, it's 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 very real, and it's it's a little inch weird and scary, and I don't even know what. I mean, there's so many other freaking words to put into that, but it's it's a little um scary. I mostly, u- I used to joke, and I'd be like, "If Trump's elected, we're all getting deported." Like I t- <laughs> I told my family, I was like, "He's kicking us back to Iran." Like there's no way, but honestly. There's only, I find, I mean, I'm hopeful. I find solace in the fact that he, um, presidents have to, like, if he vetoes something, mm-hmm. Congress can still override it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm like, okay. And and he's actually backpedaling a lot on, 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 on a lot of stuff that he said. Yeah, yeah. So, so Which it's is like, good, too. Yeah, yeah. He is doing a lot of um, backpedaling now. So, I mean, I guess we can all be optimistic, but... I think it's going to be like a one-term thing, so we'll, we'll probably be okay. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> hey, so um, I guess as we're getting close to wrapping up, um, what are your – so obviously long-term goal is to push this you know, music career, and I, I, you, I see you. I see you hustling. I see you working hard, and I, it's it, it's very inspiring. I have to tell you. I mean, even Thank for you. for somebody who's because I've been podcasting for about a year and a half, and I'm I'm trying to pound the pavement with it and find people that I that I think would be awesome to talk to on my podcast every week, and it's it's very inspiring. I hope that I can push myself to these limits, whether it's in my day job and then this, and you know what I mean. That that's it's yeah. really awesome. So I mean, where where do you see where do you hope to see yourself down in like the? I know you said 2017 more gigs and and things like that. And do you have more like maybe putting out an album or anything like that? You know, I really want to, and but and I was originally, but it was all. I'm still trying to find my sound recording is such a different skill in itself. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I really, I've been working on like focusing more on singles because Mm. the ideally like the internet, it's like, I mean, I know vine is dead now, but kids and just people in general are soaking up material and information just at this rapid pace. Like I love listening to albums, but people aren't so focused on that. So I think at first to, kind of like get people's attention i'll probably focus on a single and i really this time around i'm gonna try 
and aim for perfection as much <laughs> as I can and then release it on like Spotify and like a streaming service, but yeah. it would also be available on everything else. Yeah. So that's where I see it. And I mean, hopefully I'm not a big fan of the machine, but I mean, I would totally say independent, but I would ideally like to make music my career yeah, somehow. And like, I'd love to perform in like arenas. I'm really shy, but I feel like it's, you go into this character and it's a different world. Yeah, and, definitely. And it's something, I mean, I've been thinking about this since like Britney Spears was like released her first album and was doing, had like ridiculous pigtails. I was like, yeah. that's me one day. Like I'm going <laughs> to sing. Now I'm like, I'm not going to have pigtails. Yeah. And those crop tops are hideous. So <laughs> I, it's like, like, we're not in the nineties anymore, <laughs> but, um, I see myself eventually just full time doing music. Yeah. So, and I feel like to a lot of people that sounds like crazy talk, but no. especially being 23 and I'm like, I, I came from such a strict like Persian family. They're like, you need to be an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer. So it's like, you don't really have a choice. But for me, it's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I really feel like that's eventually but, what I'll do full time. Yeah. But you got to, but you, you have a strong work ethic because of your family and your your mom and dad and i think that you're you're applying yeah. that to your craft and, and I, I think that's why like i oh aaron carter followed me the other day wow that's awesome <laughs> and yeah and i showed my mom i'm like mom i'm i'm getting up there like i made it and um she was like what and she, <laughs> you're like somebody <laughs> verified on twitter who's yeah. backstreet boy's little brother is following exactly. me exactly i was like remember his brother was in the backstreet boys and my mom's like no way. Like, my mom remembers, like, so I use examples. Or she was like, Sia is so, I love Sia's music. <laughs> and I told my mom, if you go back and see his tweets in, like, 2000, I have it saved. I have it liked. Mm -hmm. um, but she tweeted me once in, like, 2011. Like, wow. she, not a lot of people knew her, but I had listened to her demos. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you have a great voice. So I went back, I screenshotted it, and I <clears> showed it to my mom. And I'm like, mom you think Sia's cool. She tweeted me and my mom's like, what? So I think <laughs> now the work or like the chain smokers, they liked my cover mm -hmm. and then they were performing in Vegas and I pointed it out to my <laughs> mom <laughs> and I feel like, which is such like a silly kiddish thing, but I feel like now my parents, like just little things like they see how the work ethic bled into that. And I yeah. think on top of that, they're really thankful that I got, a bachelor's degree in something yeah, that definitely. was like math oriented they're like okay we can calm down now like, <laughs> <laughs> you graduated yeah yeah you're like you got a degree you're good wow yeah, pretty much. so where can everyone find you uh janet plug away plug some stuff okay yeah you can find me on everything at janet j-a-n-e-t mona m-o-n-a and i i'm on soundcloud i'm on youtube i'm on twitter reverb nation um I have a website that links you to everything, and it's JanetMona.com. So mm. it's pretty easy to find me. Yeah, so add JanetMona on Twitter and Instagram. Is that right? Yep, Instagram too. Yep. Awesome. Janet, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so awesome. Thanks for thank taking you. the time. I had a lot of fun. I feel like we could talk for hours, actually. Me too. Hey, yeah. if you ever need like a co-host or you need someone to come back, <laughs> you know what? Call I'm, at you, girl. Yeah, definitely. I'll. I'll <laughs> you're definitely gonna have to come back. I think we could probably talk more about other stuff too. I'm so down. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. Wow. What a great conversation, guys, and um, what a great podcast. What a great person. She was. From beginning to end, a great conversationalist. Uh, she always she made an, she made the effort to make this a great conversation and a great story. It was an amazing story, and uh, good luck to you, Janet, and thank you for being on the show. Good luck with everything that you got going on, guys. Listen to her music, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and all her social media stuff. And I hope that we continue to hear or you continue to do your thing, Jen, Janet. I'm going to say Jen. I don't know why. Keep continuing to do your thing, and maybe we'll hear about you in the future, right? And everything like that. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, it's just this a, a big fight right now with me with this. So um, social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Roel Santos Jr. You can go to worldofro.com. <coughs> Facebook.com slash worldofro is the Facebook page. Give it a like. 
subscribe to it. Well, not subscribe to it. Uh, leave a comment. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Facebook.com slash Raw Santos Jr. That is my Facebook page. If you want to be my friend, maybe I'll uh, accept your friend request. Or maybe I'll friend request you or something if you're listening to this. If you're not friends, what the heck are we doing? So anyway, guys. Um, also, my email, Roel, as jr gmail.com. If you have any questions about the show and you want to get at me, that is my email address. Um, also, if you want to be a guest on the show, you can reach me there. and We can talk shop, if you will. And uh, that's going to do it this week for the World of Row. Um, stay tuned as the World of Row turns, and I'm going to go find some antibiotics. I almost said, why did I say stay tuned? Anyway, guys, I will catch you next week, and uh, have a good night. <laughs>